0: HVAC 360 is brought to you today by Big John's Bucket of Crap. Regardless if you take it, leave it, or give it, it's always handy to have some in reserve when you need it. This is some steaming hot product that has just landed on the shelves at Lefty's Construction Mart. Act now with deep discounts available for bulk purchases. I can smell the savings from here, can't you? Welcome back. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you be the best in the brightest in the field of HVAC. Each week, I'm either sharing information and lessons learned from the field or talking with industry experts, uh, but I don't stop there. I want to encourage you to double down on that weekly helping of HVAC knowledge by hopping on over to HVAC360.com and joining the growing community of people just like you um and i've mentioned this before in the past podcasts we're doing an added bonus um we're starting a uh free webinar series in 2019 coming up here probably on the end of the month uh, beginning well actually it is the end of the month if you're listening to this real time so it's going to be in april uh it's probably gonna be the first one that's going to come out and if you want one of those hundred spots available for each webinar um, it's going to be on a first come first serve basis but if you're on the list Then you're going to get notified a couple weeks ahead of time. So... What is up for this week? Um, this week, I wanted to continue sharing about electrical. Before I start that, though, I wanted to kind of take a step back. I've actually got some pretty good feedback from the airflow monitoring stations. And I guess one of the things that kind of surprised me, and, you know, I when I do these things and I get the write-ups and I do the research, one, one of the things that kind of escaped me uh, and it was brought to my attention is that I didn't... Necessarily, I, I told you what scenarios that I found these things, uh, the airflow monitoring stations. What they when they didn't work, um, but I didn't find really some great examples of when they do work. Um, and I'm going to get some research done for you on that and kind of post it as an update on a future podcast. So don't worry about that. Um, you know, it's it's always I always have the um, the thought that. It's not uh, typically you have great products, but they're somehow misapplied or applied the field conditions where they get applied. Sometimes you know, really puts them in a bind and where they can actually operate to their fullest. So, I don't want to say that, that uh, you know, some of these airflow monitoring stations are really, really good, and it's just the execution sometimes that, that kind of falls short a little bit. So, I want to be able to kind of give you some, some positive notes, some, some actionable items as to where they can be used. So, that's going to be in a future episode. This one, uh, I'm going to talk about electri- electricity. And'll be talking about electrical. Uh, kind of leave off where I did. Um, we talked last week, we talked about phases, voltages and Hertz. And I wanted to kind of dive into some terms and some acronyms. Um, these typically are simple things uh, that you'd find in an equipment schedule or on a nameplate. I want to caution you again that I might miss- misspeak. There might be some information that I'm not putting forward on this episode. So feel pre please feel free to correct me. Uh, feel free to to reach out to me and uh, correct me. Since I'm not really I'm not an electrical engineer. I've just been in the industry and I know some of these things. And I wanted to share them. And I think that's that's important. Um, but regardless, I think someone has to start the conversation. So I guess it's going to be me the most important thing is is why why do this you know this is an hvac podcast why do you keep di- diving into electrical well i mean we're whether we like it or not we're tied to electrical electrical is what makes our motors and our equipment work so it's it's critical that you need to be able to effectively communicate with your electrical engineering counterparts and know not only why or what the slew of acronyms mean but what they really mean, you know it's, it's words versus meaning. Anybody can know what an acronym means, but what is that actually what does it actually relate to? And secondly, I think it's important to specify when you you're specifying the equipment uh, for the right and correct environment and loads. Uh, last week we talked a lot of, again, we talked a lot about phases, we talked about voltages. But you notice we really didn't talk about amps at all. Um, when you think of amps, think current draw, uh, and again at a particular amps at a particular voltage, uh, the voltage is a differential. So these are some of the things that you're going to see in the schedules. And the terms we're talking about today um, relate to wire sizing, breaker and or fuse sizing, uh, so that the system and its users can be safe. I think that's that's kind of the critical importance here. The that circuits aren't being overloaded, um, and what happens when a circuit's overloaded? It tends to build up heat. Uh, heat leads to fire, and fire is bad. Remember, fire bad. Um, so it's just really a safety thing. The sizing of these electrical components uh, is 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 prescriptive. Uh, it's it's one of those things that, as mechanical engineers, we can kind of get behind because it's very it's very prescriptive. It's in the National Electric Code. Um, at least here in the U.S. and the Canadian, there's Canadian Electric Code. Um, for the U.S., it's going to be the National Electric Code. They're probably going to be very, very similar. I'm not, I'm not an expert on, on on, either, but I'm betting that they're very, very close. So here is, uh, in the U.S., uh, the National Electric Code, or the NEC. There's another acronym for you. Uh, the NEC is part of the National Fire Protection Association standards that's NFPA so it is an NFPA number 70 is going to be the National Electric Code so in those that group of standards 70 sticks out Um, I think uh, some of you uh, probably are more familiar with uh, I think it's NFPA 90 is is more of the mechanical code is where some of the mechanical components to that but NFPA 70 is the National Electrical Code Uh, So, not to say that uh, you really can't use, uh, and and again, because it's prescriptive, I don't want to say that you can't use your professional judgment uh, and have a little bit more of a safety factor based on your experience. Uh, You certainly can. Uh, It's just the NFPA says, okay, here's the minimum, just like code. It's a code minimum. You can exceed code if you want to. Uh, It's up to you and your professional judgment based on your experience. All right, so let's get into some of the terms. I guess one of the terms that we're going to be talking about today uh, that is all over the, all over the board. Um, you're going to see it pretty much everywhere, and that is F.L.A., which is, stands for Full Load Amps. Now, this is the amount of continuous current that a running motor, uh, remembering it's it's running, uh, not starting, and that's very a critical component um, when it's running at its you know maximum load uh so it's uh and what it will consume so fla full load amps uh and why is that important full load amps is one of the things that they they use electrical engineers used to uh size conductors equipment pretty much everything so fla that's kind of a a standard uh building block that they use now here's where it gets a little bit confusing there's there's two others that are similar uh, in sound, and kind of, they look similar, and they're all, these are all talking about amps, so it's kind of confusing if you haven't gone through it. So we've talked about FLA. Now we're going to talk about LRA, or Locked Rotor Amps. Uh, This is used to gauge the amount of starting current of a motor that can be up to eight times the full load amps. Uh, this is often used by electrical engineers to calculate the maximum voltage drop during motor starting. Um, now, you know this is, again, this is critical. We talked about full load amps. That's for when it's, it's already running. But when it goes from a dead stop to running, it's going to draw a lot more current. And that's that starting current that the locked rotor amps is going to be re- referring to. Now, this really isn't seen a lot. Um, You're going to hear it from time to time, but it isn't seen a lot because it's not often talked about unless you're dealing with a specific motor type. Think fire pumps uh, or other listed motors. So practically speaking, your your voltage drop, um, if your voltage drop is more than 80 to 85%, your motor may refuse to start, um, and then heat's going to build up. So obviously, locked rotor amps, the rotor... Is you know you're starting from a dead stop, but if your voltage drops more than eighty to eighty-five uh, percent, it's not going to. It's just going to sit there and it's going to vibrate like it would be if, if for a single, single phase motor. It's just not gonna. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to start turning. It doesn't have enough uh, voltage drop to get it to, to get it to start rotating uh, around the rotate the the rotor around. So that's that's one thing that you just want to you know. Keep in mind, a lot of times when you're dealing with the code in the NEC, again, you're, you're, the voltage drop is already calculated. I mean, we talked last week about, you know, having like 5%, 10% maximum on your voltage drop. So this is when you're dealing with, again, specific types of motors. Um, you're really rarely going to run into that 80%, 85%. Um, but you could. For, for un, un, you know, an unknown reason. Um, and now you kind of know that, hey, maybe that's something that I should be looking for. Now, another one that is kind of, it's, it's, they just mix up the letters. Here's RLA. Now, so you have, now you have FLA, LRA, and RLA. Now, RLA has more to do with the FLA than LRA. Okay, now I've just totally confused you. Again, full load amps, FLA, that's your kind of meat and potatoes. LRA, your locked rotor amps, not going to find it too much. But the RLA, the rated load amperage. Now, this is a mathematical calculation used to get uh, Underwriters Laboratory, UL, approval for certain compressor motors now notice compressor motors so anything that deals with refrigeration and has compressors in it is probably going to have a rla and not an fla because those two things are too they're kind of trying to measure the same thing but they're not interchangeable you cannot interchange these the rated load amps is a mathematical calculation um they've been doing that since 1972 um, and it, again, it's it's critical that you don't confuse it with FLA. Those two things are totally separate. But you know, again, you have all these you know three letter acronyms, and you're like, what is the difference? So I'm just trying to help you out, uh, figure out exactly what the difference is, or what that would be for these uh, for these different abbreviations and acronyms. All right, so now comes a, a very important. Pay attention. Now we have the MCA, which is the minimum circuit ampacity. Now, this is what electrical engineers use to size conductors, uh, wire. That's a conductor's wire, same thing. But, you know, again, <laughs> using the right terminology, sizing conductors uh, to prevent overheating under normal conditions. Again, um, overheating is bad. Um, that leads to fire now the size can be increased uh, when you're dealing when you have the uh, you know you're using your experience and you're like okay you want counteract, to counteract voltage drop but the size is really is never smaller than what they specify for that circuit ampacity so that minimum circuit ampacity that sets the size for the conductor. So that's very... Uh, you'll see that, and we'll kind of explain where you're going to see each one of these. Um, now you have, to, not to, just to confuse things, you have an MCC. Now this is a maximum continuous current. Uh, this is MCC is the same thing used in uh, you know different situations. That's the same thing as the MCA, the minimum circuit impacity. This May be confused also because MCC, if you've been around the block as long as I have, you would think that, oh, that's the motor motor control center for large loads. You can, for large loads, you might have a motor control center that handles, you know, a bunch of uh, air handler fans or a bunch of, you know, large pumps. Uh, you can have a motor control center that is de- dedicated for large loads, and that is also called an MCC, so to make things difficult. Um, so I would, I would not use MCC. In you know your daily uh, goings on, use MCA. That's going to be very clear. Now, I guess here's here's where all these things, these four different things, play together. So full load amps, the FLA is generally used for a single motor. That's when you're going to have you know that's that's all you're going to you're going to need. Um, you can calculate your MCA based on that FLA, and you'll be you'll be great. Uh, but There is situations where you have an MCA that they do that because when you get an MCA, it's usually reserved for package equipment. So think you have multiple uh, fans, compressors, motors, uh, different things adding into the uh, electrical requirement for a piece of equipment, say like a rooftop unit, Um, that is going to have you know, it's going to have uh, rated load amps because it has a compressor. It's going to have full load amps because it has uh, because it has fans. So you're going to have all the mix of these different loads. And when the manufacturer gives you an MCA, that is that's wh- typically where you'd see it. So if you're having package equipment, you're going to get an MCA. If you have a single motor, it's probably going to be an FLA. So the one thing that uh, is is noted because you can calculate, uh, you can calculate these things. The FLA is typically eighty uh, percent, or I should say, eighty percent of the MCA will give you the FLA. So, in other words, what that means basically is the conductor wants to be loaded only eighty percent of the circuit ampacity and usually you'll see a lot of these there'll be you know these loadings there'll be different percentages of loadings for electrical equipment electrical switchgear electrical all the electrical you don't want to you don't want to take a piece of electrical equipment and take it all the way up to its nameplate you 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 want to back it back, you know back it down 80% why because that's you know really the only way that you can allow for you know one more circuit you know a little bit extra uh you know, these different changes that, that happen in all buildings. Uh, so you want to give that extra space. So what code says is, hey, you know, just take it down, you know, 80%, and, you know, you should be good. Now, the MCA, on the other hand, um, is one and a quarter times the, all this, the sum of all the loads of a piece of equipment. So technically, you could calculate it out if you took the, uh, the nameplate off of a air handling unit um, or a package rooftop rather and calculated all the different components in there multiply it by 1.25 and you would get the MCA you you could actually do that but typically you're gonna rely on the manufacturer um, unless you want to double check that and that's again that's gonna be you know more up to the electrical engineer than anybody else so you can do that now the last piece is um uh another uh, calculation and this is the M O C P. Uh this is the maximum overcurrent protection. Now you're probably thinking, Matt, that's only three words, maximum overcurrent protection, MOCP. Um it, it, you can refer it to the, as the MOP. That's also another acronym that's that's used. So the MOP and the MOCP are the same thing. I guess if you want to split over current into two words, then it's MOCP. But most of the time you're going to list, you're going to have the MOCP, the current protection of a device. This is a number that's used to size the circuit breaker or fuse Uh, that is, and is usually specified by the manufacturer. Again, you can calculate your own MOCP, uh, but uh, you can also, you know, rely on the manufacturer. MOCP will always exceed the MCA. Obviously, you're not going to have a load that's going to be greater than your circuit breaker. So again, MOCP is going to be larger than MCA or, you know, or the FLA, but you you typically don't see an MOCP in a single motor type of configuration. It's mostly for packages. Uh, you see that a lot for um, or chillers, things like that. That'll have an MOCP. Something that's going to be um, you know typically larger. It's going to be more expensive. Um, that's when they're going to give you the MOCP. And I have heard that uh, you know really the manufacturer with the manufacturer if the manufacturer states. That a maximum fuse rating uh, is is to be, and they list a list of maximum fuse rating when they talk about the MOCP, um, that the con- connection must use a fuse. Now we'll get into that probably a little bit more, and I have one more installment, and that's really talking about electrical connections to equipment uh, and what those different things are. That's going to be another podcast, but um, suffice it to say that both the MCA and the MOCP can be calculated or given. So you could double check, whatever. So thinking about schedules. Now we have things that we typically see on schedules, and we coordinate with electrical engineers. You coordinate, obviously, quantity. That's important. Uh, You coordinate voltage to make sure it's in the right system. You coordinate phases. How many phases are you going to have? So those two things typically are listed together, whether you're going to have 483 phase, where you're going to have 2083 phase, whether you can have 277 single phase. Again, it depends on what type of what type of environment, what type of system that you're using that in. Then you're going to have an FLA listed if for single motors, fans, things like that, or you're going to have an MCA for a package piece of equipment. And then you're going to list an MOCP when that is listed. So those are some of the things that you're going to th- you should think about when thinking about schedules, when thinking about coordination. And the last component that we're going to talk about uh, in a future uh, podcast is going to be what those uh, connections are. So, all right. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Um, again, if you know anybody who's looking for more information pa- about this topic, consider passing this episode along. We we do very well with word of mouth. There's been uh, more and more people finding the podcast, and the best way to do it is kind of sharing it. So I encourage you to let people know about HVAC 360. Help get the word out. Help spread send in questions, send in comments, matt at hvac360.com. I'd love to get those, uh, some feedback on these episodes. If you're not a subscriber, again, consider going over and joining the uh, growing people of uh, growing community of people just like you over at HVAC360 for more weekly goodness. And always, I would love and be greatly honored if you'd consider leaving me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That just, again, that helps another, another avenue that helps people understand and find this podcast. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you be the best and the brightest in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. <laughs>